So Snead is a two-time-in-a-row Super Bowl champion. Minden's yeah. own, Tech's yeah. own, Legarius Snead. You know, it felt Pride. really good to root for a team that actually got the job done at the end. No, I, I haven't really been paying attention. Is he the one that's dating Taylor Swift? <laughs> uh, I don't no. believe so. Okay. Okay, I just know that there's a chief, so. Karma is not that guy on the Chiefs. It should have specified. The other guy. Yeah. 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 That's true. Which one? <laughs> Unclear. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Courtney. And I think we can verifiably say tech died this week, both teams going 0-2. Yep. Yeah. Not not ideal. You know, obviously, two men's games that, that you hope to hold on to, but um, it's ultimately you, you don't win all the games, turns out. And these were two good teams as well. After Tech, this is number two and three in Kempom in terms of rankings right now, with Western Kentucky third and Liberty second. These weren't cakewalks by any means. Uh, I was a little worried after that FIU blowout that we would come out and say, okay, well, we just beat a team by 40 in conference. So you, you become a little bit less head in the game there. But, I mean, Tech looked good early and it was back and forth. It wasn't like an epic collapse or anything like that. They just got outplayed down the stretch yeah i mean I, I felt like it was huge to not have talik chavez in that game he was out for personal reasons um i don't know what that means but uh, he was back on saturday but i mean western pretty much knew that we didn't have a, a real threat from outside and they they game planned pretty well you know they adjusted their game plan to that last minute news pretty well and really really limited daniel bacho's ability uh to play inside they had a their, whoever their center was uh, did a really good job defending him, and Bacho ends up going three for eight from the field and only got to the line once. You know, so six points and eleven rebounds. But I mean, when you limit our sort of offensive game plan that way, and then Javon Mangum was hitting shots from the outside in the first half, but then just you know the team as a whole went cold and uh, you know end up shooting twenty four percent from three. Yeah, that's that's pretty rough. Yeah, I felt like he covered up a lot of the deficiencies with the team early on. He was the only thing going and you think, okay, this isn't going to last forever. And it didn't with his three point yeah. shooting, but the rest of the team never really woke up when he finally went cold. He bought us time for us to figure out something to work because those shots just won't fall forever. And the, the beast never woke up. I mean, Jordan Crawford ended up doing a lot in this game yeah, himself. Take 12 two-point shots, three three-pointers attempted, seven free throws. I mean, that's just a lot of shooting the basketball. Yeah, what a damn game from Jordan Crawford, man. I mean, he was driving the lane and just, like, just attacking the rim. Like, I mean, it was fantastic to see. The best game of his career by far. And, you know, ultimately, ultimately in a loss, that kind of sucks. But, um, you know, like, he, he was really trying to pick up the team late in the second half and, you know, ultimately wasn't able to get it done, but you know, great game from him. Hope to see more of that. Yeah. And then, I mean, this game was, yeah, like you said, Nathan, it was close the whole way, sort of back and forth. And then Western took like a two to three point lead for the rest of the game. And tech just couldn't, uh, couldn't make it happen. Not the best defensive effort that we've had for sure. Yeah. I'm giving up 81 points. I I think it was in the post game conference on ESPN plus uh, where Coach Hester mentioned that we scored 76. That should be enough for us to win a basketball game. And we lost. Mm-hmm. So it's on the defense. 
Uh, it's not as you know black and white as football, where the defense is a different group of people. But their <laughs> defensive effort just wasn't there. Western Kentucky got hot at, at times, and you have to weather those storms and and clamp down afterwards. And that just never happened. And Western Kentucky ended up running away, not running away with this game, but you know yeah. they they had it in hand there at the a end. Good, yeah, a good a good game. I mean, it sucks to lose at home. I think this is the first time Western's beaten us at home in conference play. Uh, maybe since. Maybe they beat us like in 2014. I'm not sure, but it's been like 10 years since they beat us in Ruston. And yeah, I mean, we barely ever lose at home, but this was a good game against a good team. And, uh, you know, there's some takeaways for sure. I think Chavez is in the lineup for the next one. And and I like our chances on the road even. So we'll see. Yeah. When was the last time we lost at home? I feel because I remember a few years back, there was like a record or a record that we had that was broken, but I can't remember like where exactly that is in the basketball timeline. Let's see. We lost at home last year on December 14th, January 14th. Okay. So Uh, recently. (laughs) Yeah. We lost a bunch at home last year, actually. (laughs) Yeah. uh, March 4th of last year was the most recent, I think. FAU. Um, Yeah. Last year wasn't great because the team kind of fell apart down the stretch and lost six straight games, including two home games. And the last time we lost to Western Kentucky at home was the 97-98 season, Ooh. where we lost 49-46. to Ugh. That's disgusting. Um, must have been a longer shot clock back then, I hope. I mean, we lost the away game <laughs> at the top of that hill, 69-67, to so it's not like that was okay. an impossible score back then. 94-61, to we beat them on the road the year before. <sighs> wow. Yeah, a good game. Hopefully, uh, we'll get them back here in a couple weeks up in uh, Bowling Green. Hopefully, we're able to get them back like Liberty got us back in the Saturday Ugh. game up in Lynchburg. Tech loses this one 65-62. Man, I hate the style of basketball that Liberty plays. I, I can't stand it. Like, they got all these, like, short white dudes. Uh, and, I mean, like, that's just who they are. 5'9", 5'10", 6'2". They're... They're all white, right? The way they play and so many of their guys have just these weird shot motions. It just looks like me out there trying to shoot a three pointer. And it's like, it's like, you know, in both of our games, like for a half, they were not able to hit threes. So like the first game they were hitting threes in the first half. And then we stopped with the help side defense and they couldn't do shit the rest of the game. And we kind of, we kind of ran away with it. This game, they weren't hitting anything in the first half. You know, they had 22 points in the first half. We only had 29, but like they couldn't hit a shot to save their lives. And then like in the second half, they just start hitting. And that that guy, Caden Matheny, like, oh, man, just I don't know. It it just drives me crazy because it's like we play pretty good defense and then they shoot up a three from five feet behind the line. And like it looks like a prayer every time, even if they're wide open and then it goes in. You know, it's like they only hit nine. They shot 39 percent from three. but like. That's enough to win, right? I'd called the player Bud Matheny earlier. That is the former baseball player ODU's baseball park is named after. Uh, yeah, it's Caden Matheny. Uh, mm-hmm. wonder if they're related. Makes more sense. It's the same person, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Got a name change. Yeah. Matheny goes 21 points, um, including the the dagger three at the end we've kind of referenced. And yeah, what you yeah, got, that Courtney? Was, that was brutal. I think I scared the dog whenever I screamed seeing that three-pointer go in but um the other thing i will say that i would probably attribute to them you know 
growling and winning, their crowd was electric. At least it looked like it was um, the broadcast. Yeah, I mean, they they said several times, sellout crowd, uh, 36 or almost 3,700 people. Pretty impressive. Yes. So that arena is actually something I wanted to talk about because yeah. in that game, everyone's loud because everyone's jam-packed. There is no upper bowl. Yeah. Uh, the tax seats around 8,000. You think of something like New Orleans Arena, the, the Blender, Smoothie King Center. That seats somewhere around 20,000, I believe. So this is a, a, a very small arena, 4,000 seats at max for a basketball game. This type of venue is what I wish existed in Ruston. The tack is way too big and any crowd energy gets lost just by the time it hits the upper deck because there aren't 8,000 people in Ruston to go to a basketball game. Um, unless sure. the team is is getting people to drive from Shreveport and, and elsewhere to go to it, which in this day and age may not happen anyway, just with the ability to watch these games on TV. This we'll style of arena. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. This style <laughs> of arena, I think, is amazing. And I... I, I'm mad at how effective it is, but yeah, it's more it would intimate be, of an environment. We had talked about making the drive down to watch this game. And at the time I was thinking, okay, well, it'd be like watching a game with attack as a visiting fan where, yeah, like you're on the other team, but like it's, we've gone to baseball games on the road where it's just kind of, okay, there's a crowd there, I guess, but not really much of one. And you can find one or two other tech people sitting out there. No, this would have been like going to the Nebraska football game mm. and trying to deal with rooting for the other team. Um, especially after that three pointer, I was mad for a solid hour after that, watching it on TV, I would have <laughs> been mad the entire three and a half hour drive home. Had, uh, we gone to that game that, I'm so glad we did not go to that game. <laughs> yeah. But as yeah, a I venue, mean, as a, as a, not from this game, but just in general, that is a perfect size basketball stadium for this level of opponent and this level of team. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think the crowd had a huge impact on the game itself. Like I didn't think our guys seemed rattled or anything like that. In fact, the, like I said, the first half, we kind of, we definitely dictated the pace of play Deep with our defense and we got away from that a little bit in the second half mainly because they started hitting shots they were missing everything in the first half but you know I, I thought our guys did a pretty good job in that environment with the you know the sellout crowd and all the energy and everything and really towards the end of the game is when liberty started like going on a little bit of a run and the energy was getting up the one person get, screaming into the crowd mike oh my god oh, oh that, my god somebody get that lady help <laughs> somebody get her a lozenge oh god. <laughs> um <laughs> this game like we shot 31 percent from three they shot almost 40 i don't know it's basically a tie except they hit their the last shot right i mean it's pretty even across the board it's pretty evenly matched teams and um you know the one gripe i have is on the play that you know, ultimately the, the game winning shot goes in, right? Is that the announcers who I thought did a pretty good job were talking about tech needs to make sure they foul before the shot gets up here because they have a foul to give, make them inbound the pass again, then they'll burn more time. They'll, they'll you know, there's more chance for a steal or, or some kind of mistake tech lets, I think it was Cleveland, right? Zach Cleveland sort of drive in. And then, um, Jalen Henderson was in the game on defense and he goes and he does the help side defense. He double teams Cleveland. And it's like, you don't want to foul Cleveland in the act of shooting and send him to the line. Cause I think he's a pretty good free throw shooter. If memory serves, but like you absolutely don't leave their best three point shooter, Caden Matheny wide open when you go to help. Like I don't understand. And, and you know, Henderson's a, a new guy to the team. Like, but in that critical moment, 
that mistake is ultimately like it, we left one of their best shooters wide open to make the game winning three with 2.1 seconds left. Like it, I arguably think that the mistake actually happened five seconds before that, after yeah. the inbound uh, tech had a foul to give. If they foul, they have to make yeah. another inbounds pass. There are eight, what eight seconds left on the clock when they do that Something final like that. inbound. And so they, they dribble it around a little bit. They don't, you know, go and hurry up and try to do a quick play or whatever, where you may accidentally foul them and give them a three or four point play with a foul shot. After that inbound, especially once uh, Cleveland had the ball, you foul Cleveland. You just whack them. Yeah, um, yeah. Not in in the mafia style of the word whack, but like you, you hit. Not like enough you, to get a flagrant or something. Yeah, yeah. but just in, you, you foul him and make them inbound the ball again. And really, honestly, I almost wish there wasn't a foul to give. You foul Cleveland. Cleveland on the season is oh. what, a 50% free throw shooter? And it'd be something a one like that. One. Yeah. It'd be a one and one. And, and you'd and if still he makes have eight one, seconds. You'd still exactly. have eight seconds. Yeah. I mean, um, of course, there is the foul to give, but you still, you cause another inbound. Then if Cleveland has the ball, you just go ahead and foul him before he can even start a shot motion. Uh, they should not have allowed Liberty to take the shot to win the game like that. And it looked like Sean Newman was going to go up to the refs and tell them what the plan was. It was like, hey, look, we're going to do a quick foul kind of thing um, just so but that they don't think though. it's a flagrant. Like, and then we didn't. Yeah. Like right. there was no there was no attempted foul, right? I'm not crazy. I'm, I'm no, actually not that I I've saw. Got it, I didn't see I've got one. it up right no. now. No, they don't even. I mean, Bacho kind of makes contact with Cleveland as he tries to enter the lane, but no, it's no, it's, and no one's at four fouls. Bacho's at two. Yeah, so I'm not worried about him picking up his third just to cause that to happen. No, what you're worried about, you don't really want to foul him and send him to the line. Like, but <laughs> he was not, he had his back to the basket. Like, I don't know, man. It's yeah, I think it was a breakdown and Liberty had just called timeout too going into that. So obviously like you got to you got to be prepared with like what the plan is there and the plan was just apparently to play defense, right? And I I love the idea that we are good enough to just stand on our defense and we don't need strategy. However, uh even the best not. defenses get scored on. Yeah, like like we need we well, needed like- that strategy. We needed that we needed that going into that coming out of that timeout, right? Say, okay, if we don't get the steal on the inbounds, which we didn't even really try for a steal. I'm, I'm um, not really sure if I would have played that anyway, but yeah, but if we don't get the steal on the inbounds, then foul immediately. Right. Or, yeah. or like if the plan is yeah, the plan can't be to leave Caden Matheny wide open from beyond the three point arc. Right. That, that yeah. can't be the plan. Um, yeah. And that's exactly what I happened. Think, so I want to think that, there may have been just some miscommunication amongst the team where somebody thought somebody else was going to foul and then nothing <sighs> happened. You're coming out of a timeout though. So you hope yeah. not. Coming out of the timeout, the plan has to be whoever the fuck can foul fouls, right? I mean, like whoever right. they pass it to, if it's your man, foul him, right? Like, uh, you'd think. Yeah. And, I'm and, not a coach though, so I don't know. You know, we get the, we get the ball with two seconds left and, and we don't even get the inbound, like the inbound, half court inbound pass didn't work. So I mean, that's, that's a hail Mary. I'm not really super upset yeah, about, no, I, about I that mean, part, but yeah, that's, that's fine. Uh, and you know, it's more, it's more just the breakdown on that specific play. Um, that's disappointing. And, uh, you know, that's the kind of thing that like, you could see that being a tournament game, right? Like yeah. it coming down to that. And like, 
that's the difference, right? They had a plan. Their plan was we're going to drive and kick out and we think tech's going to go help. Like they just, they read us like a book, man. You know, that's, that's what we did. We, we did help side defense again, which is what got us in trouble in the first game against Liberty. And then we stopped doing it. And, and then we, you know, we won that game by, you know, double digits, I think. Right. No, we won it. No, we, we won, won it by four in overtime. Not, not by uh. double digits, but, um, but- yeah, and the other thing to be said about this being a possible tournament game is that Liberty, all five of their starters played at least 34 of the 40 minutes. Granted, Joseph Vinzant, uh, one of their great additional players, was injured, so he wasn't able to play in this game. But their bench barely did anything. If I look at this for a tournament team, yeah. Tech and Liberty are probably not getting matched up in the first round. But I'm not sure if Liberty in their current state can keep that energy up for the yeah. entire tournament. That that is a lot of minutes on guys whose thing is running around a lot. Yeah, Caden uh, Matheny, while he is impressive and he was able to keep his energy up for this whole game, playing these night after night after night. Good luck, honestly, at at keeping that level of effort up throughout the entire tournament and without the bench help that they've really not been able to have. You look at things like Ken Palm tracks the minutes played. And it's a pretty steep drop off after their starting lineup. Liberty is a good team. We knew this at the beginning of the season. They have struggled out of the gate in conference play and started to find their footing a little bit better. But I'm actually more scared of a team like Western Kentucky than a team like Liberty right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think Western seems more balanced and like Liberty, Liberty is scary only because to me, only because if those stupid ass shot motions can produce like a 50% night from three, they're going to beat anybody, right? Like it doesn't matter how good our defense is if they're just able to throw the ball up and it goes in, you know, but Western is, is much, much more balanced offensively and, and defensively than, I mean, Liberty's great defensively, but Western's more balanced on offense. So I, I think I agree with you, Nathan, they seem scarier come March. But the main question is, are we still ranked number one after these two losses? So in conference, by wins and losses, we are currently tied with Sam Houston State. Uh, in Ken Palm, we are number one. <laughs> yeah, Western is now a, a half game back, and Liberty is now one and a half games back. Honestly, it's it's still pretty wide open in this league, right? It's six yeah. and three as the number one, and three and six as the number nine. Um, so anybody technically can still win here with like what five, six games left. Yeah, six games. Yeah, and, and I mentioned the thing about who's more scary, Western or Liberty. And Tech's next, next opponent, Jacksonville State, has beat Liberty twice and lost to Western twice. So that may say something. Uh, Jacksonville State is 12-13 and 13 on the year so far, 4-6 uh, and six in conference. You know, <laughs> I guess that's towards the bottom then, since everyone seems to be between <laughs> those two. But again, have been a bit of a giant killer. Not only did they beat Liberty twice, they also beat Sam Houston, who Tech is currently tied with in first place. Yeah, but Tech did beat Jacksonville State back on January 20th on the road, uh, 74 to 57. That was double um, digits. Yes. This was a game where Isaiah Crawford had his, I believe, career high 30 points. And, you know, everybody else kind of contributed, right? You got you got double digits from Bacho, uh, 10 points from Mangum. Um, but yeah, those are the only double figure scores. I mean, this was a game Crawford really just took over. And then defensively we held, uh, I forget if it's Kai Kai or Kiki. I think it's Kiki Tandy. I think it's Kiki. Who at the time was the best scorer in the conference. We held him to, to 14 points on, uh, 
two of seven um, from the or five of 13 from the field overall. So a really good job defensively by by tech in this game to hold them under 50 or to hold them to 57 points. Yeah. And if you look at, you know, we just did a preview of them a few weeks back. But one of the things we talked about was turnovers when the Gamecocks have the ball. They they struggle with them quite, quite a bit. They gave up 17 turnovers last time to the Bulldogs. And that's a lot even for them. So if Tech's able to keep that up and and force some more turnovers, then this may be another you know, open shut game back at the tack, which would be much needed after this two game losing streak. Right. And also, I mean, I think the biggest news for me is that Jacksonville State is bad at shooting three pointers. So that is that is yes. great to hear because that's kind of been the one weakness that we've had. And I don't even know if you can call it a weakness because we're number two in the conference and defending threes. But yeah. it seems like if we're going to go down, you know, that's the way that teams beat us. We're number one in stopping twos. So we're number right. two number in stopping four in threes. the country in yeah. stopping twos. Number 112, still the top half in stopping threes. Yeah. Jacksonville State shoots three pointers at a 30% clip. That's 322nd out of 363 teams in college basketball. Uh, yeah. But yeah. And between Bacho and, uh, and Crawford with all the blocks, I mean, number 30 in the nation right now in block percentage for tech. So that helps explain the low two point percentage of our opponents, I think. But um, since we just previewed this, I think, you know, that's probably enough, right? We don't need to say much more. Kiki, uh, Kiki Tandy is going to be the main guy to stop again, just like he was two weeks ago. Yeah. We just saw this team uh, got a little refresher, but I think it's time to move on to another team that we just saw. Yeah. Speaking of teams, we just saw FIU. It, yeah. I mean, Tech beat the shit out of FIU. FIU sucks. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> you say that. What did FIU do after being humiliated by Tech in Miami a couple weeks ago? They turned right around and beat tied for first place Sam Houston in that same building. Uh, but then they lost to Middle Tennessee, who's pretty bad the next Oof. game. So uh, who really knows sounds, with these Panthers? It sounds like Sam Houston went in thinking that they were going to win the game. And then just like, yeah. I don't know. I didn't watch the game, but yeah. I mean, shout out to them for beating Sam Houston though. Cause that's how we're still tied for first place. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. Thanks FIU. Yeah. Um, I held your mascot once. Yeah, I have a picture of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, as far as this game stacks up, right. Uh, tech is in conference. Ken Palm ratings. Tech has the number one offense. FIU has the number nine, AKA last place defense. Tech has the number two defense and FIU has the sixth ranked offense. Um, We just talked about this team, not what, two episodes ago, I guess. But the main, main thing we need to keep, you know, we need to be aware of as a team is um, Arturo Dean. He will steal the ball from you, right? He didn't steal the ball at all in our game. That was the first time he didn't have a steal all year, but he's maybe he wants revenge. He wants double his uh, (laughs) normal steals. Because as a team, uh, they are the third best turnover offense in college basketball. Even in that win against Tech, although Dean didn't have any steals, Tech still had 15 turnovers, which was the sixth most forced by FIU this season. Also, he had 10 steals in their November 29th game against Florida Gulf Coast. 10! Like, he had a double-double of points and steals. (laughs) So it sounds like they got one guy... They got this one guy. Yeah. yeah. And Tech was able to shut him down last time, and hopefully they'll be able to <laughs> again. I don't think I gave 
dates or times for either of these games. Uh, FIU is Saturday on February 17th at 2 p.m. at the TAC or on ESPN+. And the previous game on Thursday against Jacksonville State will be on the 15th at 6 p.m. Central at the TAC or also streaming on ESPN+. But the losses weren't only a men's team problem this week. The Texters also lost their two games, also to Western Kentucky and Liberty. Flipped the locations home and away, but they lost them both. Yeah, finally lost by more than one possession, I guess, which is a, the opposite of change. progress. Yeah, uh, lost sixty-four to fifty-six at Western Kentucky. You know, on on Thursday, just across the board, we got Salma Bates in double figures, but that's it. You know, just not not getting it done. I mean, shooting forty-three yeah. percent from the field, thirty-six percent from three, um, only two for six from the line. I mean, just seems like we don't have a, a real inside presence. Um, uh, the six not, free throws attempted, I think is the bigger problem there. Yeah. Yeah. We're not even trying. We had 20 points in the paint, but we're clearly not going in and, and like trying to impose any kind of will inside, which is, uh, is disappointing. Then we came back home to play Liberty and shot 30% from the field. <laughs> uh, yep. yeah. 18 of 60 from the field. So tech loses this game. What do you think their all time record against Liberty is now? Oh, and one. Oh, and two. Uh, probably one of the only schools we have a losing record to all time. Yeah. What are we now? We're like eight and eight and 16. We are eight and 16. Yep. Right on the nose. Yep. That's brutal. It's the worst season in Texter's history. I mean, straight up like it, I'm not, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not hyperbole, right? We've never been this bad before. We have now lost five straight games. Um, I'd have to go back and listen to our episode where I did that, where I laid that math out. But you know, when we were on the nine game losing streak earlier this season, I think, I think there was maybe one five game losing streak in Texter history before this season. Now we've got two in one season. So I, I don't know. You Who really are we playing this week? <laughs> yeah, this week, two away games. So that makes things a little tough to defeat the streak. First up though, is Jacksonville state who is a nine and 13 team. So there's some hope there. A 60% chance for the Texters to win this one, 61 to 57, predicted by Massey. Then on Saturday, they will play Florida International back in that building that was so beautiful when the men played there. Unfortunately, though, the Panthers are 16 and 7 in women's basketball, a 48% chance to win this game, 64 63 final there. So two more close games predicted. Yeah. Previous results, uh, we beat Jacksonville State. That was the last win that we've got, um, 67-53 at home in the TAC on January 20th, and then lost at home against FIU 73-71 about a week and a half ago. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. (laughs) We will. And so now we will predict what we will see and pick – The four games, two men's, two women's. How do you see this week going? Courtney, you want to start us off? Uh, Yeah, I'm not very hopeful for the Lady Texters. I think the men are going to win. They're going to come back. They're going to win these two games. No problem. And the Texters are just going to lose both. (laughs) What do you think, Evan? Uh, I got I got the men winning um, both games. Yeah, they're both they're both home games, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, for sure. Yeah. 84% in Ken Palm to beat Jacksonville state, 94% in FIU. Um, yeah, I would be, I'd be careful about FIU because right. They're going to, they're definitely going to want revenge, right? So just, 
make sure we're not sleepwalking, right? We beat them by 42 weeks ago, but you know, they would love nothing more than to come in and upset us on our own floor, right? The Texters, man, two road games beat Jacksonville State pretty bad before, but uh, I just, I am not going to believe it till I see it, right? So uh, I'll say two and two with two men's wins, two women's losses. I'll go three and one. I think the men pull out both games. They're, I think those will both be very close games, though, with both having something to prove against the Bulldogs. The Texters, I think they pull out one of the wins. And these are both almost coin flips. So I think they're able to pull one away, probably against FIU. And we just we just renamed the Miami Convocation Center thing to Act 2. <laughs> Can we get rid of, like, first move, get rid of that stupid wave on the ground? Oh, God, yeah. Um, that thing's awful. Yeah. We'll just put actual water down. <laughs> just get some sand from the beach. Yeah. Call it a day. They tell you beach volleyball. Why not beach basketball? Never mind. I thought about it and I know why immediately. All right. So that <laughs> is basketball. Let's talk about baseball. Another sport that is difficult to play on the beach. Baseball opens up their season <laughs> this weekend against Northern Colorado. The Bears. The yeah. Bears. The Bears. I saw we were playing UNC and I got real excited. Uh, turns out it's Northern Colorado. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, but uh, the other UNC. I don't really know anything about the other UNC. I'm looking last year. They went 11 and 34 yep. in baseball oh, no. um, under, under their first year head coach. Okay. Mike Anderson. Yeah. Mike Anderson is back. And so is basically the entire team. Every single batter. That took an at bat or I guess had a plate appearance last season is back as wow. well as every pitcher that threw a pitch except for one. Wow. Interesting. So, okay. So they're building. They're trying to build. They are. They are trying to build. It's going to be hard to, you know, make any sort of predictions or anything like that. Yeah. We only have last season to go on. If you want predictions from the tech side, it's probably worth you just listening to last week's episode when we had right field dogs on. Um, so instead, I took a look back at Northern Colorado baseball history. Okay. Uh, All right. They made the College World Series nine of eleven years from 1952 to 1962. What? That's wow. Okay. Nine of those eleven years, inclusive of 52 and 62. Oh, okay. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's wow. Although at the time they were not called Northern Colorado, they were called Colorado State College. Okay. Not to be confused with Colorado State University, which at that time was Colorado A and M. Man, what are they doing out there? They're just renaming. They're playing <laughs> just, musical chairs at their universities. They're just like, nobody's watching us. We're in Colorado. Like, we can do whatever we want. It's the altitude. They, they're making changes because of the altitude. <laughs> they just they're keep just forgetting. Deprived of o- oxygen, so they just keep changing. Is this altitude sickness? <laughs> what college do I go to? I don't remember. <laughs> um, wow. Okay, so nine of 11 years. Yeah. In 1974, they also made the College World Series and have not since 1974. Uh, this will be a four-game series with a doubleheader on Saturday, Friday at 6, Saturday at noon and 3, and then Sunday at 1. Broadcasting on the radio, 97.7 FM, and guess what? No TV coverage. In fact, Lovely. no TV coverage at all for any home game until March 8th when we welcome Southern Miss, and then only for few games at home i think ull is one of them uh but not even every home game like the northwestern state home games aren't streaming right now but once we get into conference play every kusa game will be on espn plus so in the past we oh. had kusa.tv 
which was awful, but mm-hmm. at least had a camera up in the press box that allowed us to view the game. And it was the radio call over synced up to the video feed. And that was fine. It could be a lot better. And we hoped it would be a lot better. And it's supposed to be once we get into conference play. But there is no way for us to watch these games against Northern Colorado unless we get RF dogs out there with a periscope or something. Right. Yeah. Get him get him live streaming. Um, it's pathetic. I mean, straight up. Like, I don't know what else to say about it. We were kind of sold this ESPN deal as like, oh, it means all sports are going to be broadcast. I don't know for sure if every like volleyball and soccer game were broadcast, but this is like the one program that we're nationally relevant in. Right. I mean, football, we're in FBS, we're, we're D1, but like this is the one sport that like people have a a like vested interest in believing that we might put a product on the field that's like worth watching you know basketball team's been good don't mean to take away from their accomplishments but like how you could plan for this season and say you know what we can't afford like all the games to be broadcast i mean then cut it from other places i don't care like make it happen i, I don't yeah, know the cameras are there have the, the, a- the, the ability is there because we're, we're doing like i i would understand it if the first couple series, they went, hey, look, we're still setting things up so that they're good to go for whatever reason, because we're trying to save money. Like the first couple series, I would I would be understanding of that because it's the first time doing the switch over and stuff like that. But it's not. It is midweek games. Yeah. I'm trying to find when the latest one is April 24th against Nichols State at home is not going to be broadcast on ESPN Plus, even though the Sunday and Friday games surrounding it will be. Why not? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I mean, literally the cameras are there. Like you said, like it's not, I mean, it's just a matter of not paying someone to operate the camera and maybe, I don't know what the fees are to like, you know, put it into the ESPN plus. Like I do think ESPN plus requires you not to use the radio feed. So that would be getting a broadcaster as well. Uh, but well, that's really that's, annoying. That's annoying. I'm, if it's true, really? I may have just made it up. I mean, shout but, out to Chris Mikoski who said he's yeah. he's calling. I think nine of the the games that are on ESPN Plus. So I think you're right. They're not just going to use the Nits feed. But you know, sh- again, shout out to Mikoski. But <laughs> just give me Dave Nits. I don't I don't need anything more than Dave Nits. Right. I mean, I mean and what the, what they yeah. need to do, what needs to happen now is that they just stream the video in the Athletics app or on their website or something like that. Uh, Kusa TV was just the end feed for it. I mean, they have the things in place. They just sync up the the radio and do the same thing that they had been doing with the box score at the bottom. That was just the live stats feed cropped over it and uh, streamer software. I mean, it's fine. I just want to be able to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, our shout out to LaTeX Sports Central as well. He says only 17 of 32 home baseball games will be streamed. Um, the first ESPN Plus game is 14 games into the season on March 8th. Um, it's it's just pathetic. It makes it makes us look terrible. I mean, we're streaming more games than Western Kentucky is, so that's good. However, you know, this is, we're talking about a program that hosted a regional two years ago, right? And we can't do it with what at least what McNeese did last year, where you can just watch the game broadcast on Facebook Live, right? Like I, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm hoping that if there's enough pressure put on the the athletic administration, they may move in that direction. I I, I don't know if that's even possible at this point. I don't even know who to but, email. <laughs> Eric yeah. Wood is gone. Um, it does mean though that we will have to be listening to the radio more often, and by doing so. We will hear the final season of Dave Nitz calling Louisiana Tech Athletics announced today that this will be his 50th and final season as voice of our baseball team. 
man, what a run. I Somebody on Twitter said, you know, tech needs to put out a like compilation of, of Dave Nitt's greatest hits. I would give, I would give anything to hear that man. Like give me, give me like his first call, you know, I don't know if they have that somewhere on like reel to reel tape or something. <laughs> fucking fucking eight track or something. I don't know. But like, <laughs> it's just a record. Yeah. <laughs> they press it on vinyl. <laughs> no, but like, I mean, we've, we've been doing some clips of Dave Nitz calls the last, uh, you know, where I'll sync up the video and the audio. Uh, I guess I can't do that anymore, but, um, <laughs> it's a lot easier when there is no video. Yeah. Just, just black screen audio. <laughs> um, but ooh, you know, ooh, ooh, ooh. I have a really good idea. We could do, um, like really poorly drawn out animations with the audio. Ooh. How quickly can we draw each frame so that we'll go there? We'll have a team of live animators animating the game <laughs> as it's happening, syncing up with the radio yeah. and broadcast. That, that would be pretty awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. but, uh, I mean, shout out to Dave Nitz, obviously legend hall of famer, been blessed to be able to listen to him for so many years of of my short tech tenure. This is his 50th year. I mean, Jesus. Wow. Yeah. The um, man's a legend. So maybe it's not so bad that we we get we get to listen to the radio, right? Yeah. That's one way to look at it. I mean, we always mute the TV and listen to the radio broadcast if it's not Dave Nitz. That's just kind of standard. Yeah, at least here. try to try to make that work. Yeah. Um, also, I just want to say that Northern Colorado, I know like this doesn't mean much for this season. They lost 30 to one, 32 to seven. Uh, let's see that 21 to nine. Like there's a bunch of real lopsided scores over here from last season, 18 to three. Yeah, it, I'm yeah. I'm excited to hear about our new team as they take on Northern Colorado, a team that, you know, for all intents and purposes, we should kind of beat pretty bad, I think. But uh, sweep put it in the books we're gonna open with a sweep we'll see i mean i'm excited to see like what the rotation is like what kind of yeah. what kind of batting lineup we have with the new guys oh, yeah you're right here God. <laughs> see <laughs> tweets about it from right field dogs um yeah. but man just it's 2024 man <laughs> right uh, yeah and we're not done talking about this because give me five minutes and we'll be right back to it but let's jump into the other sports uh, that have happened for Louisiana Tech over the past week and preview some of the upcoming ones. There was, I think last week we skipped over it, Tech finished third at the Columbia 300 Saints Invite Bowling Tournament in Valley Park, Missouri. Uh, then there was a track invitational at Tyson Invitational in Fayetteville, Arkansas that uh, Tech competed in. I guess we should pull out the results for that. I shouldn't just say that they did. Oh, God, it's a PDF. <laughs> nope, we're not doing that. Tech competed in Fayetteville, Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> Look up the news. Four of six Bulldogs set their season best in the 200 meter. Williams won gold in uh, the, it looks like the the high jump, I guess, because it says <laughs> both would clear the height. So Arielle Williams, shout out to her for getting the gold at 1.79 meters. And yeah, some, some other personal bests here, but looks like those are kind of the, you know, the, the winners here. Meanwhile, neither team was able to win in the softball opening series as all three games were rained out against St. Louis. So Tech they, will instead. They're playing right now. Yep. I was about to say the softball team is actually going to open up their season tonight as we record this Monday night against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. They also play Southeastern on Wednesday 
And on the 16th and 17th, Friday and Saturday, they will face off against uh, Lindenwood and the best of the Bayou in Monroe. Hmm. Who do I have to pay to get the softball team to start referring to Billy Bundrick, Dr. Billy Bundrick Stadium as Doc Billy's instead of the Billy? Like, there's a shirt incoming well, eventually sure, that will hopefully help. I'm I'm sure if you, um, you know, make a donation at the right amount, you could get them to do it. Don't rename this field after me. Just shorten it differently. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. tweeting at them right now. Money solves all problems. <laughs> we'll see if a tweet will work. And then. Yeah, and then we can start thinking about throwing some of our uh, some of our hard earned merch sales <laughs> towards getting getting the softball <laughs> team to call it Doc Billy's on Twitter. Yeah, um, yeah currently zero zero at the end of the fourth um, against Corpus Christi. Let's see, the tennis yeah. team also won a match today, I think. So that's cool. Yep, they beat Houston in Houston four to two. They lost yesterday also in Houston to Rice five to two though. Mm-hmm. Um, th- they don't have any games this week until the, until next Thursday. So they have some time to recover from that long trip to Houston, Texas, uh, <laughs> and, uh, bowling this upcoming weekend. will play at the midwinter invitational in Jonesboro, Arkansas. And I believe that's everything in every other sport that tech plays. So let's go back to baseball for a second for this tweet of the week. <laughs> this week's tweet of the week goes to at LaTeX sports central, which we've mentioned a couple other times for a couple other tweets, but this one it's probably the only ethical use of AI that I've ever seen. It is an image generated of a bunch of tech fans, a family of various uh, heights and ages, but all with the weird curly hair, all excited around the TV to watch the tech baseball game as they're decked out in tech gear, except the TV is instead an old time radio. Yeah. Because that is how they will listen to the season opener on Friday. Yep. Wow, there's a there's a huge lack of diversity in this picture. I mean, there's redheads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh shout out shout out LaTeX Sports Central. Obviously, um hopefully we can get some pressure. I mean, I don't know. If anybody has ideas for who we should email to be like, "Hey man, like you want to just like just put a GoPro out there or something?" I don't know. Like we could email the athletic director. Oh wait. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm like, I mean, I would literally just hit up Dr. Wood on Twitter and be like, hey, man, what's going on here? But he gone. So maybe that's maybe this is why. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to deal with this. Goodbye. Anyway, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or head to our blog, gtpdd.dog, where you can go to the shop and get this month's Merch of the Month. It is a Bulldogs throwback jersey from around 2005. Number 24, 2005, was a certain Paul Millsap. Not that this is a Paul Millsap jersey. Get it while it is $5 off. It is for the year 2024. Legally speaking. It's for the year 2024. Yeah, it's $35 (laughs) for all of February, and it will go up to 40 on March 1st. So go ahead and get it now and have it in time to wear to Huntsville, Alabama for the conference championship. It is such a good merch. Very sad that the conference tournament is not at the star anymore where I could go easily. Yeah. Oh, well. We have friends in Huntsville. We could go. <laughs> anyway, gtpdd.dog slash shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Courtney. And go tech. Please don't die. Yeah, I mean...
tech beat the shit out of FIU. Oh, did you say something, Courtney? Oh, man. Yeah. You're gone again. What? This sounds, <laughs> okay. this sounds hilarious. 